Yo, 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 welcome to the NS9 postgame show. I am your host, Jim Rosati, joined by Tyler Sweeney. Tyler, Andy Rodriguez, and Quinn Priester make their Major League debuts tonight. It was a pretty fun day. Everybody was looking forward to it. Yet, here we are discussing an 11 to nothing Pirates loss. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Woof. 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 Woof's a good way to put it. Um, God, it was just such a downer. Like, such a yeah. downer of a game. Because, like, you go into this game and you're excited. You see the lineup and you're like, all right, I like this. You know, we got all the kids in there. This seems like it should be a fun game. And for the first few innings, Quinn Priester looked pretty good he was perfect through three um he was even fine through five if you want to kind of you know extend it out a little bit Mm -hmm. but offensive struggle offense struggled again uh there was a pretty disastrous inning by quinn priester where we could say he was probably left in a little bit too long but we'll get into that um and uh the pirates bullpen just was terrible. Sucks. <laughs> the bullpen was terrible, so that you know the game was probably out of reach. But the bullpen assured that this game would stay out of reach. Um, I think you left out that nobody hit, and nobody hit. Technically, it wasn't a no hitter, but so somebody hit. Yeah, but nobody, <laughs> nobody hit. It was an eleven nothing loss to the Cleveland Guardians. Um, just a huge bummer yeah. of a game. Yeah. It's one of them clunkers. And also, like, there's this whole part of me that tonight makes Cleveland fans happy, man. I don't want Cleveland fans to be happy ever. I want. Cleveland to be nuked off the face of the earth. I live an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes from Cleveland. If Cleveland got nuked, I would die with it and it would be worth every ounce of it. Just because Cleveland would never exist ever again. I hate that city. I want it to go out into Mars. I hate it. And their fans are happy right now. And that just Aside from all of the fun stuff we should be talking about right now, Cleveland fans are happy, and that's just so much worse. Yeah, I don't really have the disdain for Cleveland that some Pittsburgh fans do. I know I do. you live close by, so Hate you them. probably deal with them all the time. I don't deal with Cleveland fans in, in Louisville, Kentucky, so I really – they're just any other team. I, I don't I don't give a shit. <laughs> but it's – Let's let's get into the game. Um, 
two debuts today, two anticipated debuts, Quinn Priester and Andy Rodriguez. Let's talk about Quinn Priester first. Uh, 2019 first round pick um, kind of breezed his way through the minors for the most part. Triple uh, a, you know, he was great. He, he was, he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible this year in, in, in Indianapolis, but he gets the call. And before we get into results, I do want to talk about like the way he looked right off the bat. Um, strong pitch mix. You know, he went, he started the game, three perfect innings, nine up, nine down. Uh, and, and in doing so he flashed, he flashed the slider. He flashed the curveball. He threw some really nice changeups to left-handed hitters. Um, I was, I was pretty impressed with how he was starting off. I had never seen Quinn Priester throw his changeup like he had in that early part of the game. I'd never seen him have that good a command of that particular pitch and that was that was the difference maker for him because I feel like Cleveland loaded this lineup up with lefties, and that was kind of his equal. That was his equalizer against the lefties that first time through the the lineup. Yeah, I think just in general, that's just going to be what keeps him as a starting pitcher. Um, you and I talked during the game that we watched uh, Max Kranich or Nick Kingham in their opening uh, or their first their debuts. We watched them. We watched them kind of cruise through like we were kind of seeing Nick or uh, Quinn Priester do. The difference is that that change up we saw from Quinn Priester was really an equal equalizer against the lefty. And that's one of those pitches that's going to keep him as a starter. I, I look at him and I see like an Oswald Obito pitch and. I know the results are a lot different from Beto and Priester in their first starts. Beto a lot more effective, just run line wise. But I have a lot more faith in a Quinn Priester of the world, just because of stuff. Like you can see that he can become a capable major league starter. We're not saying he's going to be a stud by any means, but he looks like a capable major league starter, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he showed you that today. He also showed kind of what maybe you, you don't like to see, but especially the first five innings, like he was he was fine. He was very efficient. Uh, common here, you know, very much pitching to contact. He, he, he had two strikeouts, didn't miss a ton of bats today. The, the bats that he did miss were on his curveball and his slider for the most part. Uh, those were kind of the two pitches that he relied on to to get the couple of strikeouts that he got. Um, yeah, total of total of seven swings and misses. Five of them came on his slider and his curveball. So, a lot of uh, a lot of breaking balls that that that's kind of what got him those swings and misses. But the rest of the stuff until that second time through the order just tons and tons of weak contact. The, the, the ground balls that first time through the order ground balls galore. Yeah, weak I, ground balls. I think you can, you can write it off a hair that the guardians are very good at avoiding the strikeout. They will put the ball in play, but I also think you did see the concern that a lot of people have had about Quinn Priester is that he does not miss enough bats. The fastball is pretty flat. You saw movement on the two-seamer, but for the most part, it's it's not a swing and miss pitch. 
we didn't really see the wipeout slider or really the curveball be as effective as it could have been. For the most part, I mean, early on he he looked he looked fine. Like I'm not complaining about him at all. I think he got left in too long, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But all in all, I'm relatively encouraged by him. Yeah, I, I'm leaving this outing wanting to see more, right? There were things that I saw tonight that I liked. There were things that I saw tonight that I didn't like. Uh, but the things that I saw that I liked, um, I saw enough of to, yeah, like let's, let's, let's see what he does again here. Um, let's, let's kind of we'll dig a little bit deeper into this game, right? So he gets the three perfect innings. Uh, the fourth inning, he runs into trouble for the first time. And I wouldn't even really say he ran into trouble. He walks Stephen Kwan to lead off the inning. And then he gives up his first hit of the game, which ends up being a two-run homer by Ahmed Rosario. So welcome to the big leagues. You got you walked your first batter, and then you immediately you had to pay for it. Um, with It was a he, – he kind of peppered Rosario with some sliders. He went slider, slider, slider. And it was that third slider that Rosario hit out. Um, but then he settled in right after that and got, you know, out, out, out. So got out of that inning, four innings, two runs, goes back out for the fifth. This is where he, he kind of got those strikeouts. He strikes out Josh Bell. He strikes out David Fry. Um, those are sandwiched in between another walk. And again, he pays for the walk. So he gives up another hit, a bow nailer double that scores um, the, the Guardians' third run of the game. So at this point, he's gone five innings. He's given up two hits and three runs. 61 pitches, though, through five. So you're still feeling pretty good. He's five innings, five innings, two hits, three runs, 61 pitches at that point. There's, you know, Buckle Mike asks, is he on pitch count? No, like like Quinn Priester has been stretched out. He's... He's a workhorse guy. Like Quinn Peters on a pitch count, 61 pitches. You're comfortable sending him back out there for the sixth. And that's when things kind of unraveled. Right. And, and this is where I want to kind of get into it because this is where things got bad, but I don't know if they necessarily had to get this bad. Right. So he's at 61 pitches, sixth inning. Rosario leads off with a single. Nobody's warming up in the bullpen. Jose Ramirez doubles, scores Rosario. It's now four to nothing. No one's warming up in the bullpen. Josh Naylor doubles, scores another run. It's five nothing. And at this point, you know, the bullpen's starting to stir. But, like, no one's really showing that much urgency. It's five nothing. Boy, it's a sixth inning. Majinski's up, stirring around a little bit. Just, just Like, like nobody coming in. No one had thrown a baseball yet. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then Jimenez homers seven nothing, and that's when Johan Ramirez finally starts throwing. So what was Derek Shelton doing here? Like what was he doing? I this is a guy making his major league debut. You want you want the debut to go well, right? Like you don't right. want this thing to be a disaster. And I get not having somebody up to begin the inning, but like once, once Jose Ramirez hits that double to make it four, nothing, you got to get somebody up and you got to get yeah. somebody up fast. 
and Shelton dragged his feet, didn't do it. And it two batters later, the game was over. I don't want to be that guy, but it honest to God felt like this team was saying, you guys wanted it up this bad. This is what happens. He's not ready yet. To me, that's what it felt like. Quinn Priester's not ready. We're going to let, we're just going to keep him in. See what happens. I'm sure that's not what they're thinking, but that's what it felt like. Either way, it's just a very, very poor managerial decision. It's it's just another like notch against Derek Shelton in general. He's already just been crucified left and right. And he's not helping his own cause here, man. I know the Pirates weren't coming back. They weren't scoring a single run tonight. It just wasn't happening. But you, you have to let your your rookie starter in his debut. You gotta like at least leave him on a somewhat pleasant note, like just maybe a little bit. Okay. I don't get it. Yeah, we did not see that. Um, even after the Jimenez homer, like I mean, because at this point you're still just getting somebody warmed up. He faces Josh Bell. He gets a ground out. Yeah, and then he gives up a hit before he's finally uh, pulled from the game. So the the final line looked bad. Uh, five and a third innings, seven hits, seven runs, all earned, two walks, two strikeouts, seventy three pitches total. He only threw twelve pitches in that in that sixth inning. Like it happened fast. Um, it did. It was very quick. What happened? Um, and I feel like we should probably maybe just mention that you and I were watching the game together and we both seem to be on the same page that it, it, it appeared that the pitches were coming from a dugout. It did not seem that Andy Rodriguez was calling the game at night. So any little like negativity towards Andy behind the plate, I don't think he was calling the pitches tonight no Andy Rodriguez was not calling pitches tonight I mean I, we can get confirmation from a, a reporter if they're going to ask that question but you could tell watching the broadcast Andy was looking over to the dugout before every single pitch um I can only assume that that the dugout was calling pitches for tonight um I I I, I I don't really want to go too much in there because I don't think it's that big of a deal here. I don't, I don't even know if Andy, maybe Andy wasn't calling pitches in, in, in Indianapolis. I'm honestly not sure yeah. about that. Uh, however, the pirates want to do it. The pirates can do it, but they've got to make it work today. I don't know if it was necessary. Like I said, Priester fell apart fast in that sixth mm-hmm. inning and it, uh, it turned into a disaster. Like I said, not the way you want to end the game in uh, in your debut. See, I don't know, man. Like, I I look at and I see you mentioned the sliders being thrown back to back to back. Things like that. It's like, yeah, like those probably aren't the best um, pitches you choose there. Grand Priester can shake them off. And, and you saw that a few times tonight. Like, you saw him shaking off pitches. Yeah, we did. 
Um, and there's also something to be said about being on the mound and getting into a rhythm with your catcher and your catcher having to look over the entire game and get pitches and then go here, here, here. It's, I don't love it. I understand why they would do it tonight, which we both think they did, but I just, I don't like that. And I really don't like it with a major league debut from Quinn Priester. If you're really going to do that, just start Austin Hedges and call it a day. I'm not clamoring for him, but just if we're going to be that weird about it, just do it. Um, yeah, I, I no, <laughs> like, like I, I would much rather Andy Rodriguez be back there in the, in the, I guess, in the, in like, the bench calling pitches than Austin Hedges catching. Hedges Austin is probably catching. on the so bench I'm, calling the pitches. I'm going to disagree with you. There. It was probably Austin Hedges calling the pitches from the bench. Yeah. Bucko Mike says the only positive was the John Parado tweet. I don't know what that is. I got rate limited on Twitter at like 5 p.m. today. I literally haven't seen a tweet in six hours. So I Speaking of which, follow this or join the Discord. Yeah. Discord was popping tonight. It was. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything else to add about Priest or Start? I am going to disagree with Neil here a little bit. Like, Neil comes here and says, uh, I feel like Sheldon is expected to know the exact moment his pitcher will blow up. He says the runs happen so fast unless you have someone up before the sixth. He isn't coming out before it falls apart. And I just – I disagree there. Like I think someone could have been up right after that Ramirez double. You send Marine out there. You waste a minute. And, yeah, then there's another double. But you don't leave him in for the homer. Uh, you don't leave him in for the Jimenez homer. Uh, I, I – I, so I, I'm going to disagree with you on that, Neil, and I respect your opinions on anything unless it's Henry Davis related. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, think I, I, I think Sheldon could have done a much better job there in that sixth inning. I agree. I think it's it. People think of this like as a Mitch Keller start. It's not. After five innings of, I think he had two runs, maybe three. He had three. He had three runs at that point. I think you probably have someone stirring in the pen at that point especially coming pretty close off the all-star break. You haven't really used much of your pen lately. Let the guy go with just an okay start. Especially with the amount that he was not missing bats. Yeah. So not the start you want to see from Quinn Priester. Again, there were some positives to take from it, but overall, not great. Not great. Uh, that, that sixth inning really put a big damper on the day. Uh, the rest of the bullpen, Johan Ramirez gives up two runs. Dowry Moretta gives up a run. Yeri De Los Santos gives up a run. Just all of them were bad. They were all bad. Yeah, I don't I don't have anything more to add. To I don't really want to add anything. They were all like, really all bad. All three relievers were bad tonight. Yeah. Um, and at that point, the game was over. I'm surprised we didn't even use a – I'm surprised they didn't go with a position player – in the ninth, I probably would have gone that route instead of throwing De Los Santos out there again, but it is what it is. I'm glad they um, didn't because we got this done earlier. That is true. De Los Santos at least only gave up four base runners, whereas a position player would have given up more probably. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Quinn Priester wasn't the only one to debut today. Andy Rodriguez also making his debut. We mentioned he wasn't calling pitches. Uh, before we get to the way he looked at the plate, it was a rough night for him at the plate too. But let's talk about behind the plate. Uh, first major league start behind the plate catching. I thought he looked good. Like from a, 
receiving standpoint, he stole some strikes. He seemed like he was comfortable back there. I thought the framing, like he just, he, he looked good back there. There was at no point that I, that I notice him doing something bad. I completely agree with you. I think he looked very fluid back there. Um, he looks very comfortable and just in general, his arm really didn't get tested tonight, but blocking wise, he was able to slide back and forth pretty well. You mentioned the framing, like he, he's able to position himself very well. All things considered, it just comes back to the frame of him. And I think that's the biggest concern about him staying behind the plate is just the frame in general. But if he's a six foot dude that with the mobility he has, he there's no question he stays back there. It's just he's such a small fellow that it's hard to really stay there at his size. Either way, like tonight, he looked really good, I think. Yeah, I don't think there's an issue with him staying there. I think there may be an issue with him catching 120 games. Like maybe that's an issue, but I, I, I don't see any reason why Andy Rodriguez can't catch 100 games in a year. That's fair, but I think if you're looking at him as an everyday catcher, you would prefer a guy that's going to be maybe a hair more durable. I don't know if his frame really suggests that he will be. I'd be willing to find out, to be honest. But Yeah, I mean, it's worth finding out. Um, so There's also the fact that you hope that his bat kind of outplays it. Maybe. Where yeah. you want him to play 140, 150 games a year, but... Yeah, for now, like for what you saw tonight, you can see that he looks very, very fluid back there. Yeah, I think, um, you know, everyone had a lot of concerns about him behind the plate. And and one of the reasons why he was down so long was, you know, he needs to learn the position. He needs to learn the position when you call him up today and he seemed just fine there. It's just a one game sample size, but uh, he he looked like a major league catcher today. Just let him catch some Rich Hill starts and then we'll steal a bunch of strikes. And there you go. That framing, whatever the hell number we use, will be through the roof. Now, on the flip side, Andy Rodriguez at the plate today. 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. He did face Emmanuel Classe in his last at bat, yeah. which I don't, you know, he struck out the side. But um, not the best game for Andy at the plate. Obviously, first game. This is this isn't normal, Andy, right? Like he doesn't strike yeah. out a lot. Uh, I, I think today was just ran into some pitchers that he just didn't uh, didn't get a, couldn't make contact. Yeah, there was the Classe bat. Plus, was it him that was up with the slider that was off the plate that got called a strike for strike three. There was, there was like so, a perfect pitch thrown by and that was Hamlin. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was like the, so, it was a really nice pitch. Like I'm look, Nick Gonzalez looked terrible. His first outing. Nick Gonzalez still might be terrible, but we'll just ignore that. But he had a little hot streak Andy Rodriguez tonight. Not really concerned. It, it is what it is. It, we hope that it would be better. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you want someone to debut and do really well. And that just, it just didn't happen. Not all debuts go well. And Andy's did not go well. Um, Most. Yeah. At the same, at the same time, Piguero, his first game this season, uh, he also goes over three with two strikeouts. 
Uh, he also didn't look too great at the plate. Uh, this all sucks, Jim. It, it was it was a bad game offensively. They mustered up just four hits. Mm-hmm. They got on base seven times. Luckily, there was a catcher's interference call overturned. Yeah, because I was about to lose my mind. Like I was like, "What's Austin Hedges teaching Andy Rodriguez here?" Um, but uh, there was a catcher's interference that was overturned. I do want to talk about one person in particular. And I feel like he, we haven't really gone into a lot of detail on him because there's been a lot of other problems on this team. But at some point, Brian Reynolds needs to play better. Brian Reynolds was over three tonight. Um, his season line, like he's now. He's hitting 261, 330 OBP, 438 slugging. He's got a 107 weighted runs created plus. So like he's he's not he's kind of doing like the bare and, and Brian McLehaney, RTJR said this on Twitter a couple of days ago. He's he's doing the bare minimum for you to not just be completely disgusted with him. Like he's he's playing good enough that you are like all right, I'm not going to like hammer you because there's a lot of other players doing way worse, but the Pirates need Brian Reynolds to be better than above average. Yeah. They need him to be better than they they need him to be good, and he's not being good. Like I said, I mean Thomas says he's been terrible. He hasn't been terrible. Like he hasn't been. He has been above average. And on this team, you can't afford for Brian Reynolds to be above average. He needs to be a dude, and he has not done that this year. And at some point, he has to start performing like he has in the past. No, I I completely agree with you. I think him, him more so than Cabrian Hayes, but... He definitely gets let off the hook, and I think Hayes does as well, for just not being ab- above what his contract suggests. Um, like Brian Reynolds has to be probably a three to four win player. Like that's that's at, it. at a minimum. Like at yeah. a at a minimum, he has to be a three to four win. He, player. Yeah, he can't be below a three win player. And like. He really hasn't been that guy since 20, like 21. He had the 6.1 war season and then Mm -hmm. had a bad 2020, a great rookie year. But for the most part, like they, they, yeah, he was fine. He was fine. They desperately need him to be the guy that's a like 290 hitter. They need this guy to be a probably four win hitter every single year yeah and with him being in left field now his defensive value has fallen off so the bats gotta play and like it still plays like he's still a good major leaguer yeah he's every team would want brian reynolds on absolutely brian reynolds has to be like at the top tier of this team right now he's 
getting beaten out by Jack Swinski. It's really not close. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's, I think that's kind of where I'm coming from. Um, we've seen Brian Reynolds and what he's capable of. He's put together a couple really good seasons last year. Again, he was fine. The defensive value kind of skewed the overall war numbers. Cause like defensively he was hit pretty hard last year, but offensively, like I'll take last year's offensive output pretty much all the time. Like give me a 125 weighted runs created plus year in and year out. And I will like sign me up for that. Yeah. But we're getting 107 now, which again is fine, but it's it's not what this team needs. This team needs Brian Reynolds to be good, not just yeah. fine. Yeah, right now and he's again, Ben Gamble. Again, today doesn't it didn't matter today. It was eleven to nothing, but this is just it's gone kind of gone on too long, and I don't think we've talked about it that he just he's not doing enough. The other part of it, he's got to stay healthy. And I know that's kind of out of his control, but we got to find this team has to find a way to keep that guy healthy. He probably needs this team has to find a way to probably get him in the DH role more often. And with the roster that has been constructed, it's not really possible. So he probably they need in this offseason, they need to find a way to be able to put Brian Reynolds in that type of role way more often. Because he's going to be 29 next year. We know in Major League Baseball at 30, normally you start to fall off a little bit. Well, guess what? We got a lot more years of that contract. Yeah, and I've seen some rumblings where like people are saying like the contract's going to be bad, the contract's not going to be good. Like, I don't think that'll ever be the case. Like, the Pirates aren't paying him that much money in this contract. So, like, Brian Reynolds doing what he's doing right now is worth his contract, right? Mm -hmm. But you sign players to deals like that because you think you can get over the value of the contract, uh, and. And that's what they like. They need that. They need, they need Brian Reynolds to put together some good seasons and what he's doing right now. Again, he's playing to, he's just fine, but they need him to be, they need him to be more than that. They need to be Jason Bay. Yeah. They like, need not him to be Brian. They need him to be last year. Like do what he did. Like I'm, I'm not even asking yeah. for I'm not asking for like 2021 Brian Reynolds. If he wants to do that, sure, go ahead. That's an MVP caliber player. Great. I'm saying be last year where he, like last year he was, he was good. He was yeah. good last year. Um, do that. And just then do like, that. Just if he was playing left field and doing what he did left last year, you're in a lot better situation. He's probably a four, four win player. Yeah. No, you're right. If he's in left field last year, he's probably. A four-win player. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like, we do spend a lot of time talking about every other shithead on this team. At some point, the Cabrian Hayes in the Brian Reynolds of the world have to be very good. Not even very good. They have to be good enough to reach their contract potential. Yeah, they need to be better. Plain and simple. If they're not, then this team's never going to be good enough. That's... And that's kind of the, the problem here is you talk about the future and you're seeing some guys come up, but 
none of this matters if Brian Reynolds is just fine. And if Brian Hayes can never learn how to hit. Yeah. Like, I don't think it matters what happens if that's the case. I'm with you because if not, your only prayer is that one of these guys that have come up turn into an MVP caliber player. We talked a little bit about, about this during the game tonight, but O'Neill Cruz, and he's still a question mark. Like O'Neill Cruz is still a question mark, but like O'Neill Cruz has to be that guy. O'Neill Cruz has to be a star or, I don't know if this rebuild is going to work. Completely with, completely with you. There's not one guy I'd say within like two levels of the major leagues that you can look at and say that guy can be an MVP caliber player aside from O'Neill Cruz. And that's what you have to do. You don't become a like a World Series contender without a guy like that. Nope. You don't. So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a shitty post game show. Yeah. You're <laughs> I mean, welcome, everybody. 11, 11 to nothing. Oh, God. Andy debuted. Quinn debuted. Terrible game. 11 to nothing. Pirates are back at it tomorrow. Mitch Keller starts tomorrow. So. You know, hopefully it's not another 11 spot yeah. that, that gets put up on us. But Mitch Keller against Logan Allen. Logan Allen having himself a decent season as well. But this is Keller's first start since the All-Star break. He's going for win number 10. The Pirates are now tied for last place. They were in first place right about a month ago. Oh, this rebuild's in, going so well. They are now in last place on the bright side jim we might have some things to like maybe want to watch yeah games like tonight you want to watch right <laughs> god i hate my life <laughs> all right you got anything else to add no just shoot me <laughs> Hey, I appreciate everybody coming on here. Thanks for watching yeah. this, the NS9 postgame show. We'll be back tomorrow um, with another one of these. Hopefully it is a lot more cheerful than God. tonight was. Uh, but Pirates lose again, 11-0. They drop to 41-53 and on the year. Um, again, Keller going tomorrow. And we'll see you then. Peace out, Scouts. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.